appreciate you stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show for your Tuesday. Thanks a lot. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. The whole crew's here today. Um, in that little back and forth between Biden and Seth Meyers, uh, Biden says that the last guy couldn't even remember his wife's name. And Carrie, I had not heard anything about that. Had you heard anything about that? Well, no, and I was going to ask you about that. Did Trump forget Melania's name at some point? It turns out at CPAC, he was talking about what a great first lady Melania was, and then he said Mercedes. Mercedes Schlapp, of course, Matt Schlapp's wife, is on the Trump team and was right there. He was talking about Mercedes. Now, I'm going to play it in context, but you have to understand, when you hate somebody like the left hates Trump, they'll lie about him. But here it is. So now I'm going to the place I'm supposed to be. I'm going to South Carolina. I'm supposed to be there. And if I do poorly, I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame Mercedes. Forget about Matt. I'm going to blame Mercedes. Because I am supposed to be there, and I'm not there. And if I do poorly, I'm blaming everybody in this audience. But I think we're going to do okay. And I just want to thank everybody. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you from a beautiful place called South Carolina, go out and vote right now, please. Get in those cars and drive fast. I'm going to leave you with this one final message. We're going to win the election. We're going to win it big. We're going to win it bigger than ever before. We're going to do things that nobody believed. It's going to be more important even than 2016. We are going to make America great again. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. That's what they're saying was the video. I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm going, what? I don't understand. What are we looking at here? It doesn't make any sense. Let me, let, let me look at it again. Mercedes Schlapp posted this. President Trump says he's going to blame me for bringing him to CPAC. He doesn't do well in South Carolina. I assure you, Mr. President, you have nothing to worry about. Um, and this is actually an article from Newsweek, which is not necessarily a Trump, you know, positive outlet. Trump mocked for calling Melania Mercedes or Melania Mercedes. But there's one major issue. This is from somebody named Kate Plummer over at uh, Newsweek. Despite social commentary mocking Donald Trump for apparently calling his wife Mercedes in a speech, it appears the Republican was referring to another member of his team. During the uh, former president's conservative political action committee conference speech on Saturday, Trump spoke uh, about his wife Melania Trump and then said the name Mercedes. Uh, Well, look, my wife, our great first lady, she was great. People love her, he said. Oh, look at that. Wow, Mercedes, that's pretty good. In response, people were clipping it on Twitter and accused the Republican of cognitive decline. When that's not what was going on. He literally looked at Mercedes Schlapp, who he referred to in this bite that I just played for you, and not his wife. Let me see if they have the actual, because this is what Mercedes posted. Who we know, who we like. We've had her on the program many times. But, um, yeah, they're claiming that Trump did that, which is not, let me, let me see if we can play this. Maybe this audio will clear it up, because I want to be correct about this. You know me, if, if he did it, I'll call him out for doing it, and I'll make fun of him next time I have him on the show. I'll say, hey, so what's your wife's name? But, I, I again, it's got to be that he actually did it, and I hate that they'll take it out of context like I was over on the X the other day. Let, let me see if I can play this for the audience. Mercedes, that's pretty good. Yeah, she's good. Call up my wife, our great first lady. She was- there was a big edit right there, by the way. There was a big edit before he said my, my wife, great first lady. She's a great for people. Love her. People love her. Oh, look at that. Wow. Mercedes, that's pretty good. 
So clearly he's referring to something else going on, Kerry. He he says Melania, first lady, the great yeah. first lady. Then and he's looking straight forward as he's giving the the the, the whatever he's saying. He's giving that dialogue. Then he looks to his left and goes, "Oh wow, look at that Mercedes." It's clearly yeah, something that's what different. It sounds like to me, yeah. Does that yeah. sound like he called his wife Mercedes? Well, no, no, it does not. Not to me. My God, what is wrong with these people? Mm. So it takes me to the next thing I want to talk about. Have elections always been like this? And I'm I'm not making any assumptions, but I, I'm guessing, and I'll ask you, Carrie, how long have you been paying attention to elections? Do you remember? Oh, probably. I'm like, what's the first school. one you can say? I remember these two running for president. Um, well, I remember Jimmy Carter and Reagan. Okay. I was a child, but yes, I do remember You're that. You were a tiny, and I, a I tiny was a child. tiny baby, but I yes. remember my parents having in kind diapers. of a debate conversation with another couple that were in the car with us about yeah. Reagan and Carter. That's probably my first time to know, oh, this is going on. Paula, do you remember the first one that you remember, the presidential race? Maybe Reagan. Okay. Sam? Obama? Wow. Versus Romney? I think? I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was 12. I, I that know was 2012. It was Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have been. Yeah. Um, for me, I remember the, the rigmarole about Richard Nixon. I didn't understand it, I didn't get why there was such an issue going on. I remember when Ford became president. But the first election I remember was Ford versus Carter, as you said, um, in, in 1976. I remember that because I remember my parents talking with some friends in South Florida, and they're all going, I, I kind of like this Carter guy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what it was. You didn't say, well, politically speaking, I think the tax regulations and the blah, blah, blah. It wasn't all that. It was, yeah, who, who did I like? Who made me feel good? And Jimmy Carter was this Southern gentleman with the teeth, the big smile. I think that might have been his campaign slogan, the big smile. And he was a peanut farmer and all that. And, um, you know, for me, it, it didn't really register that I had to worry about what he would do as president, just that my parents were saying Jimmy Carter, this, that, and the other. And, again, at the time, Saturday Night Live was making fun of, of Gerald Ford as if he was a big klutz and a stupid guy. And, again, Ford probably never would have been elected president because he was the vice president for Richard Nixon, who just was handed the presidency when Nixon resigned. So I remember all of that going on. I didn't understand why it was, other than Richard Nixon was a bad guy and Ford was his vice president and Jimmy Carter had a nice smile and he had a stupid brother named Billy. That's really what I remember. So we we weren't going to school and arguing about it. Like in this day and age, because I was 10 in 1976, in this day and age, they go to school and argue about it. They run through the halls yelling, Palestine will be free, or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a different world, and I think that was on purpose. So, same with, if the simple question is, were elections always like this, the answer is no. Because I don't think they were grabbing us from the youngest of ages and force-feeding us what they thought we should have to know, what indoctrination they wanted us to bring home to mom and dad, or the queer ideology that was in school, or Palestine will be free and Israel's committing genocide. None of that was going on in school when I was going to school. Now, you were in school much more recently. You remember Romney versus Obama, which was in 2012, which is 12 years ago now, if you can believe that. I mean, what was going on in your school? Because I remember having that conversation with with the principal of the elementary school going, hey, why do you have an Obama sign in your car and why is it positioned so everybody can see it? That's not okay at a public school. I remember having that conversation. That was more of Gabby's 
um, uh, principal, not yours. So what was going on? Did you guys talk about politics at all? Uh, first of all, no. Second of all, I graduated in 2010. So I don't actually remember the election in 2008. I don't remember talking about it with my friends. I don't remember hearing about it. I mean, we talked about it a little bit at home, but... You know, I was worried about school and I was worried about band practice. So I, I did not care at all. And I don't think any of my friends cared either. In 2010, I was already a talk show host. I was already post my television news anchoring. Um, I know that you used to bring your classes into the TV station when I was a TV news anchor and so on. I, and that was always very cool. I've actually had video of that. But um, you, you probably did not, because I did silly stuff on the radio. Too, I still do. But it wasn't so politically intensive right it it just didn't feel divided at all it was just like hey i'm gonna you know i i like that guy hey i like this person hey i might vote for that person but i just don't remember it ever being so toxic and divided and so politicized i guess so as a woman in her early 30s Tell the audience the question that you asked your dad, me. For those who don't know, Sam is my daughter. She's my executive producer, too. Um, what was the question? Because it wasn't just really, have elections always been like this? It was like, have elections always been like this, and then what? It makes me feel a certain way. It's it's horrible. It's it's divisive. What? So me, I, I am 31. I'm a millennial. I'm right in the middle. I don't think anyone in my generation feels th- as passionately as everyone wants us to feel. And I just don't know, I don't know why. Has it always been like this? You know, have 30-year-olds always just, like, felt so overwhelmed with all these politics and opinions and stuff? I just, I don't know where to start. Like, Gen Z is, like, all about it now. Because maybe because of social media, TikTok, whatever, I don't know. Carrie, what do you think? Your kids are Z, right? Gen Z? Uh, Yes. Well, 20 and 16, so. Are they overwhelmed by it? Because, I mean, Sam's like, I, I get it. She's in the middle. She's before we really went full on, you've got to take a side. You know, she's just sort of like, okay, I'm living my life. I don't really care as much as you need me to. And then your your kids' generation, I've got kids in the same generation, Gen Z, that it just feels like they're being it's being pushed on them all day. I would say yes. I know my 20-year-old's very engaged with it because that's what he likes to talk to me about. And he wants to sit and have, you know, some pretty in-depth conversations about it, which I appreciate. I know he cares. Um, I don't know, you know, how worried he is about right. it in that term, but he's certainly very engaged with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't think Sam is worried about it. just doesn't like it. Sam, yeah. did, did, I, did I get that right? Yeah, I, I really, I mean, obviously I'm engaged. I know what's going on. It's just... It's hard to have that conversation with anyone because if you don't, if you're not on their side, you're against them. And it, we're just so divided that there's there's literally no middle ground when it comes to politics anymore. And that's that's interesting because, I mean, obviously there's no middle ground for me now. Um, I, and I'm your father. So that's that's interesting how different it is being a Gen X guy and you being a millennial. And then, of course, you've got sisters that are Gen Z and then Carrie's kids are Gen Z. A lot of people listening and watching are Gen X, maybe even some baby boomers. And then you've got their kids or their grandkids that are seeing a very, very different thing. But, but there, for me, there is no middle ground, but that's what I do for a living. I take a stand on things that I believe after educating myself. And that, But I do like to argue with somebody who's on the other side, and maybe those who are listening who are in the middle can go, oh, I lean this way on that one, or I lean this way on the other one. But that's interesting. There really is no moderation in it anymore, is there? 
No, not at all. Not in my friend group, not in the people that I know that are your age, not the people that I know that are, you know, younger gen, like the younger generation. It's either one or the other. And if you don't believe that 100 percent, then you're a bad American. And it, it makes me feel horrible because I, you know, I do lean one way, obviously, but do you know it just it makes me feel bad you know i want to be able to connect with other people i want to talk about the issues i want to you know help people and i want to elect people that are going to align with those and i just feel like i i don't know how to vote i mean obviously i do but you know what i mean i do carrie your your kids are voting for the first time the the oldest one is my oldest one is yeah this would be his first presidential election and I will say That's on his college campus, it? it's very divisive. Very. I can imagine. Is it always left when you talk divisive? Uh, usually, yes. Isn't that something? Yeah. And they somehow got that done. I mean, Sam, you're right. It's like, you know, I always use the example of going to a basketball game or a football game. I want to go there and support my team. I don't care if you voted for Obama. I don't care if you voted for Biden. I don't care if you voted for Trump. None of that matters to me. I I don't care about the Maricopa County, this, that, and the other. What I care about is going there and doing it. But, I mean, it's it has stepped up in in level and intensity so much. I'll give you a a quick example. Um, I don't go into other spaces other than I'm hosting or I'm speaking because – They just tend to be free-for-alls. But there was one today on Twitter that basically said, is the monetization or the algorithm working or is it broken? So I'm like, man, I can learn a lot on this one. So I jumped in and literally in the first three seconds, somebody screamed at somebody else to eat a a D. I I won't say the whole, you know what I mean, Carrie? Uh, Yeah, I gotcha. They screamed it at them. Yeah. I'm like, well, how is this learning about, about monetization? What did, what did I miss here? Well, it's nothing. You shut down the conversation when you right. say something like that. There's nothing else to say. But then the response was, F this and F that. And then other yeah. three more people yeah. screamed. So I'm going, I don't understand it. I really I really don't because I think Sam's right. I think you're right. I think that I'm right. I think a lot of people watching and listening are right. That you really can't get to a better place as an American community if, if you're hating each other. And this goes back to what mm-hmm. I've talked about since Obama hit the scene. It's about dividing us. If you divide us, I won't talk to you. You won't talk to me. You'll tell me to eat a whatever that is. And then and, and then at the end of the day, you go to bed and say, yeah, I got the best of him. When in fact, nobody solved anything. And I think that's the, the, the objective. If we're all divided and hate each other, then we turn to big, you know, daddy government and let me vote for you because, you know, you're, you're my one saving grace. I, I, I'm telling you, I think there's a whole lot going on there. Um, but I really do think this, this hit on steroids with Obama. But let me go back to what I learned from Dinesh D'Souza a long time ago through one of his movies and books, The Big Lie. This started 100-plus years ago. This movement to indoctrinate, get God out of school, which happened in the 50s, uh, get, get um, you know, pretend like you can't have a nativity scene around Christmas time. A Christmas tree is no good if you don't have a this, that, and the other as well. I mean, the, the attacks on the foundation that was always assumed of this country and the, and the push to divide us just made government stronger. Government was never supposed to be this strong. And this, this able to control our thoughts the way that it does. It's very, very interesting. It really is. And I think it was a good question today. And I thought about it a lot before the show started. I'm like, I don't really know how to answer that question other than she's right. It is that different. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Why are your thoughts on that question? Has it always been like this? And the answer is no. But how do you quantify that? Meantime, got to tell you about Superbeats. Superbeats are amazing. 
this month. It's almost over. February is Heart Health Month in the United States. More than half the population would still benefit from blood pressure support. Superbeats heart shoes are delicious. They're portable. Take them anywhere, anywhere you want. Console of your car, in your gym bag, in your purse, in your pocket. Just two of these a day. Going to give you great support for your heart health. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants and superbeats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 40,000 five-star reviews, people seem to agree these are great. I love them. I think they taste great. I know my daughter likes them a lot, too. She she um, she says they taste great. She actually has a pack of them when I when I was in, uh, in, in the bathroom in the house the other day. I was like, oh, look at that. She's got some superbeats heart shoes. Support your heart health the same way. By using Superbeats Heart Shoes. Get a free month supply of Superbeats Heart Shoes on all bundles and a free full-size bag of turmeric shoes valued at $25 with your order by going to JoeLovesBeats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at JoeLovesBeats.com. Stay right here. Joe Pags. to have you the Joe Pags Show, 888-941-PAGS. We'll have uh, Ronnie Jackson on, um, and also Jeremy Dice. Ronnie Jackson, of course, Dr. Ronnie Jackson was the White House doctor for George W. Bush, for Barack Obama, and also for Donald Trump. Then he became a U.S. representative, District 13, Republican, the great state of, uh, of Texas. I definitely want you to um, to get it done. I mean, honest to, honest to goodness, this guy, you got to stick around and watch or listen, because he's going to just break down what he sees as a doctor joe biden dealing with and it's not okay for the country and that he thinks that joe biden should be 25th amendmented amendmented ed. how would you say that carrie amendment uh, it's amendment obviously but ed amendmented amendment amendmented amendmented yeah amendmented. It right, I, it's, but... it's not it's not really a word just making it yeah. up but uh he thinks that the 25th amendment should be put into place you know they were yelling about that with trump who showed no cognitive decline uh, but now with Biden, you can't say that because he's sharp as attack and he's laser focused. So we'll have Ronnie Jackson on next hour and also going to have Jeremy Dice. He works with a, a, an organization that is fighting for our free speech rights online and elsewhere. Joe Pags Show coming right back. You better. Joe Pags.